That's always exciting. Oh, okay. Whew. I think I'm good now. Did you just have your headphones turned up or what? Yeah, I didn't realize how loud it was. Hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> we do tend to do things like that, don't we? Well, I put them away, so who knows what I did to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mom went out about 30 minutes ago to lock up the chickens or feed the chickens. And I was on the phone with her friend and all of a sudden it just started pouring. And I said, I'm sorry, I have to go. I have to go rescue my mom. She's outside without a coat and she can't get back from the chicken coop. So I had to go find an umbrella and take her a jacket and an umbrella so she could get back up without getting drenched. And by the time I walked out there, it had stopped raining. Of course. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That always is. Typical. Yes. It rained here this afternoon, too, so I had to, uh, I'd parked my scooter out back of the building rather than inside, because we're having a, the radio station is having a contest that ends on the 31st, mm-hmm. so there are people coming in and out to put in their entries and stuff, um, and it's less in the way if um, my scooter isn't in the front entry. That makes sense. So I was parking it in the parking lot, but uh, then it started raining, so when I was coming home, I had to... Uh, abscond with a couple pieces of paper towel to wipe it off first before sitting on it. <laughs> they say that if you, like, especially your seat and stuff like that, what you could do is just put Vaseline all over it, and mm. it just beats off. Yeah, but yeah. then when you sit on it... You still got Vaseline all over your ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem there. It's got a hey, sort of plastic thinking. coating on it anyway the seat and such so it doesn't soak in but it does have beads of water all over it so you get a wet bum if you just sit on it that way um, so i have taken to it was an uh, idea. taking it was an idea. towel out there to sop it off first so that can get wet and i don't have to yeah my kids today got soaked because they went down the slides that were wet and they came up and they went, my pants are wet. And I said, did you go down the slide? Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you go down the wet slide. You're supposed to wait for the towel. But, mm-hmm. but. So, but I wanted to go down the slide. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not happy. I updated the computer and it changed iTunes. Like so much so that the color of the icon has changed. From oh, yeah. A, it's red wow. now. From a very pretty blue to eye-popping red. And I yeah. don't get my list anymore. So. It's going to be much more difficult to find and delete songs and different things like that that I usually do. Oh, that's I annoying. I don't think well, I'm very I, happy with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I haven't updated my computer and I got a new, I had to get a new phone today because my i my iPhone when it went up to the ISO eight, mm-hmm. it decided. Well, I had an old four iPhone. Um, it decided well it couldn't handle it, so. It blew out my Wi-Fi and my Bluetooth on it. Oh, ouch. So I couldn't use Wi-Fi. So I go in. I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, yeah, this blew it out. And he goes, oh, what you can do is just buy a new phone. I'm like, when's my upgrade? And then he said it was like a month later. I'm like, you know what? I'll just take the upgrade. I mean, I'll wait for the upgrade mm-hmm. and buy the phone then. I'm not buying if I wanted it like a new, like a five or a six or anything. It's like over two hundred some dollars. I'm like, right. no. You know what? I'll just spend. The, if I go over data, I'll only spend ten more bucks. Mm-hmm. So I got it today. So and so when I went to go put it on, my computer decided to do all the upgrades on the on the computer. Then I'm trying to restore like all my data. I mean, like at least all my contacts and stuff on the phone. Oh, it's just been a pain in the ass. <laughs> it sounds like this is why I have an old fashioned flip phone. <laughs> Although. 
I was telling my mom's friend Kate that if I that I would love to have a smartphone, but then I wouldn't get anything done. Mm. Yeah, well, I have all my calendar stuff on there, so that's mm-hmm. that's the biggest reason why I have it more than anything. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm like, yes. So, as far as the podcast goes, um, I was wondering whether we might want to stop tonight with chapter eleven instead of twelve because that one's sort of in the middle of a scene mm-hmm. that the chapter ends. That works for me because. The following chapters, are there's only a few. Yeah, there's only 16 in total when you count the epilogue. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, that's fine. And do we want to try to do a couple of overviews on the other stories, or do we just want to end here and say, you people really need to go and read the rest of these? Well, I mean, I finally finished the whole entire thing. Mm-hmm. There's it's three stories. Wait, is it three or four stories? I can't remember. There's now. four altogether. There's four. The first two is the ones that I, that I like the most, mm-hmm. and they're very good standalones. Right. And they're not that many. There's not that many. How many chapters are in this one? There's 16 in this one. And, Six, and I think there's only 16 in the next one. So if you wanted to do that, it's, it'd be that'd be okay. But once you get into the other, especially the last one, it was 43 chapters. I know. <laughs> but I had to finish it. Now I'm dropping the phone. I just got today. Don't drop the phone. Yeah. Well, Mike and Calvin came yesterday and cleaned out our gutters for us, which was very nice because with the gully washer we had a few minutes ago, we would have flooded the place. It actually flooded the place without having the gutters overflowing, so I can't imagine what it would have been like with the gutters overflowing. <laughs> yeah. they We sent them up on the roof, and they dug things out and cleaned it and pulled all the icky stuff out. Just hold on one second. No problem. We're waiting for Mooney anyhow. She'll be right here. Wow, somebody sounds like they, they're in a car. Hmm. Uh, sorry. I'm not That's hearing okay. that. Interesting. <laughs> Those are interesting sounds, Trisha. I know we're losing, but I'm still watching it, too, while I'm talking to Sue. Oh. And you're going into bed in, in like, 15 minutes. There must be a game on. Yeah, this is a stealing game. It's and they you. suck. Aw. Well, I don't care about the damn commercial. You're not watching something else. <laughs> Oh, child, going to drive me crazy. That's what they're for. Drive you crazy. For some of us, it's not all that long drive, I suppose. <laughs> it's true. So oh, no. true. My patience has not been there. Yeah, it comes and goes. Patience. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things, you know. I, I have. I don't, I don't have it. <laughs> I had none on Friday, Thursday. Oh, Thursday was awful. I went to work. I... On Wednesday, I was supposed to get something done before I went on my home visits on Thursday. And I didn't get it done because I got way late in the classroom and I ran out of time. So I was like, all right, I have to go in early and do this one thing. So I got there early and there was no one to open the door for me. So I stood there until the time I was supposed to be there because I couldn't get into the office. And then I got into the office and I plugged in the computer and it was like slow. And I'm like, come on, I have things I have to do. And I just, you know, I just want to chuck it out the window. And I'm swearing at it and talking to it and trying to get it to do what I need it to do. And the program I click on will, you know, it won't open. If I click on another child's name, it works just fine. But this particular child, for some reason, it's not going to do it for me. And then something else happened. And then something else happened. And I was just like, 
I'm leaving. And they're like, Sue seems to be in a bad mood today. And I'm like, get out of my way. <laughs> lucky Angry me. Hufflepuff. Arr. Arr. The badger Arr. is coming out. <laughs> but luckily, you sound, my, like a, you sound like a pirate. Arr. Arr. My first home visit was great. And the kids put me in a really good mood. And I, I was much better the rest of the day. So the power of three and four year olds. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. I finally um, gave in and signed up as a VIP for the um, major spoilers thing. Oh. Just to check out some of this behind-the-scenes stuff and things like that. Um, I haven't done very much of it so far. The art is slightly disappointing, although it kind of makes sense because this is stuff that she's doing little quick sketches while they're playing. So, I mean, most of it, there are... Two or three pieces that she's sort of fleshed out a little bit more, but most of it is literally just uh, light sketches of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to sort of look at it and squint and try and figure out uh, how, what the person's actually supposed to look like. But it's neat to see. But mm-hmm. yeah. but I haven't gone through some of the... They've got things like what equipment they use to record, and um, I mm-hmm. think there's a pre-show section and stuff that... Uh, I haven't listened to yet, so it might be neat. We'll see. I may yeah. not keep it up for all that many months, but uh, I thought it was worth checking out anyway. I got a notification that I had a new Thrilling Adventure Hour waiting for me in my podcast queue, and I was like, yes, I love Thrilling Adventure Hour, and it's Nathan Fillion is going to be the star in it this time. Oh, wow. So, there was a guy puking on the field. Oh, Trisha, maybe you better go watch that real fast while we're adding Mooney. <laughs> no, I don't. Hold on just a second. No, you don't. Okay. <laughs> you sure someone was puking on the field? Damn, I missed it. <laughs> oh, so sad. You can just press the little rewind us. button, can't you? Cool. No, I don't have that kind of... So, yeah, it stars Nathan Fillion, and and they have a picture of him, which I love. And Jason yeah, Ritter and Colin Hanks. Yay. Yay, uh-huh. there you are. It's one of the uh, Jefferson Reed Ace American. Oh, okay. Ones. I wondered if they were going to bring those back. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Just... Today I've been listening to the um, some of the panels because those are the only ones mm-hmm. of them that I haven't listened to yet. I love the panels. They're fun. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Mooney. Welcome. Hello. And I think that's why she really doesn't like... She forces herself to eat mushrooms, but she really doesn't like them. And I'll I eat them imagine. when they're fairly old, you know, the ones that you buy from the grocery store, and she won't touch yeah. them. She's like, no, that will kill you. Put it in the trash. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, if I put These it in some water, kind. it'll be fine. She's like, no. I've done that. You take the shriveled up mushrooms and you soak them a little bit. And, they you know, work. They pump yeah. up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do that with raisins. Speaking yeah. of which, when you cook mushrooms and you don't know if they're poisonous or not, use a silver spoon because it does something like tarnishes the silver if they're poisonous or something. Oh, okay. Good to know. Huh. Yeah. Along with raisins, it's the best thing to do is put them in vodka on the neck. <laughs> <laughs> do, do what? Did you say vodka? Yeah. Vodka on the raisins. Yeah. All right. Vodka okay. or anything. Really? Or any kind of alcohol you want. I guess they do have rum raisin flavor things. So, I mean, oh, yeah. somebody must have done it. <laughs> okay. You're making me miss my mics, but I've had two in the last two nights, and I decided three nights in a row was not a good idea. So, I didn't have a mics tonight. And I'm not allowed to drink. <laughs> no. 
when mom went in for her, her procedure last week, they said, you can go home, you can eat anything, but if you drink alcohol, you will stop breathing. We suggest you don't drink alcohol until tomorrow. <laughs> you can have a Bloody Mary or a, or whatever you call them, you know, a mimosa in the morning, but nothing today. <laughs> Unless you want to stop breathing. We're like, no, it's okay. <laughs> well, I suppose we should start. Satricia can go to bed on time. Yes, please. And we're going to end a chapter early. So we're going to go 7 to 11 this time. Okay. 7-11! 7-11! <laughs> there you go. And then we'll go 12 through 16 on the next one. And then we may do the following one. And then hopefully that will... Because that's a really good one. I like the one where they're in America. Yeah, me too. I don't remember that one. The only ones I remember are when CJ comes in. Well, CJ, yeah, those, are, those the, are the last two chapters. In America. I mean, last two books. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, see, Moving that's on CJ. and growing yeah. forward. Yeah. So... All right. Sorry. <laughs> Was that a bad? Trisha, can you turn play? yourself up any at all? Oh my, I have no idea. How's that? Ooh, better. That's better. Okay. I just, it just feels weird because my microphone is right up against my mouth, and every time I talk, I, my lips <laughs> Brush get it. up close to it. Yeah, and I'm thinking uh, you can hear it. Your lips no. get up close and personal. Yeah, it's almost like I'm my French kissing it. Ooh. <laughs> Speaking. Hey, Ulrich, it's time for bed. <laughs> Good night, Ulrich. Susan says good night. Susan says good night. I'm not believes. talking you in. Fine, I'll talk you in. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, gonna be 22 years old, and I'm gonna have to talk him in. Do you have the book "I'll Love You Forever"? Oh. What? Do you have the book "I'll Love You Forever"? No, I probably don't. Robert that Munch. Book. It's Robert Munch. You mm. should find it because in that book, the the mom like drives over with the ladder on top of the car and. And climbs in through the window to tuck him in. Yeah. When he's an um, adult. I am so not that mother. <laughs> <laughs> there are times where people are like, oh, I miss my kids clinging to me. And like, I miss all the hugs and the kisses. And so, I'm not that mom. <laughs> That's okay. I rejoiced when he stopped, wanted to be hanging all over me. Uh-huh. I understand. <laughs> I'm all horrible. I guess I'm a horrible mother. But no, okay. but you know what? Because I eat lunch with like six kids a day and breakfast with six kids a day. And there's these two that usually end up next to me. I don't know why, but I seem to be the magnet for these two. And they want to invade my space and touch me while we eat. And I'm just like, bubble. This is my bubble. You need to be in your own. And I'm pushing their chairs away from me. And their chairs get closer and closer. And I push them away from me and they get closer and closer. And they just love me so much. And I'm just like, oh, I'm eating. Please stay in your own spot. Mm. It's terrible. So I okay. totally understand, Trisha. Okay. Well, let me go. Let go, me go, go tuck him in. Give him a kiss. Okay. I'll give him kisses and save it from you, too. Okay. <sighs> the kid drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Well, I got a kick out of Keza because apparently her oldest is getting hugs now from the boys and she's like uh, I don't remember hugs when I was her age. <laughs> They're a little How bit old more, is she? Uh 12, 13, 14, I don't know. Mm. I think she's about 14, yes. Yeah. So, somewhere in there. I don't I don't really know either. Oh, there was wait. something recently on our Facebook page that sort of mm -hmm. put that area in, but I don't remember what it was. So. Yeah, my cheerleaders like to try to get all the little football players because the cheerleaders that I have are like 11 and 12. Mm -hmm. And 
the football players they go down to like age six, and she and they 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 chase the little little boys around and going give me a hug, and, and so it's like a contest who gets the most hugs from the the little six year olds. Oh, that's cute. Great. <laughs> it, it, it's sweet, but then I have some. I was a little worried when you started talking about football players. <laughs> I know. All right, are we ready? Mm-hmm. As hard as we're going to get. <laughs> okay. Nerdy, awesome, fun. Nerdy, awesome, fun. That's us, man. There's something going on. I'm not Microsoft. <laughs> I wasn't snoring, was I? How about Sherbert Levin? If I start snoring, let me know. Friend Never mind. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Uh, we're just having adventures. Yep. We're adventures. Adventures are good. Good girl. Not talk those trousers. Strip. Yeah. <laughs> Uber evil. How's that go, again? Go on. <laughs> 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 that is oh, I snorted so much yesterday. It was unreal. <laughs> same snape time, same snape channel. It's all snape time, Trisha. Wow, wow, wow. Of course, he's, uh, 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 I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Holy oh, nice. shit! It's so floppy! Yes, Scott. They're Grace, there to I talk really about the sector. They're going to worry about homework. Oh, <laughs> I swear, yeah. I read them for the stories. <laughs> <laughs> Sex and snork eggs. Awkward. I'm so good on nightmares. <laughs> Welcome to the flagship. I love saying that. Welcome to the flagship of the Potterfic Weekly podcast. Potterfic Weekly. I am Sue. I'm Scott. I'm Trisha. And I'm Mooney. And this week we are doing the second part of We Belong, or actually the second set of chapters in the first part of We Belong. We're doing chapters 7 through 11. And this story was written by MJ2007. Mm-hmm. And if you, did we figure out whether this author was male or female? I don't we don't remember. know. Uh, okay. I think last week we sort of assumed female, but it could be either way. <laughs> yeah. And so basically what this story is about is Fred unknowingly fathered a child with Katie Bell, and she went off into the muggle world to be safe. Yay, touchdown. She went into the muggle world to be safe and then ended up dying of cancer. And so this little 10-year-old boy who looks just like Fred Weasley has wandered into George's shop. And now George is going to be his guardian slash father because it's going to become father pretty quick. And Trisha has wonderful things to say about Molly in this story. She loves Molly very much. Bitch. <laughs> and we will find only out for now more of why. Oh no! The whole, the this after, after this whole thing, I no, she, I don't trust her at all. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. She, she gets to better. Herself. Yeah, sort of. Like, she makes cinnamon rolls. I don't. What? <laughs> don't care. <laughs> all right. What was the um? Shit! No, I forgot. I was going to tell you. <laughs> We've distracted you. Yeah, well, the, the, they got a touchdown, so I'm like, they're literally three points ahead, behind. 
I'm so confused now. Okay, well, we'll start, and then if you remember, you can tell us. So last week... Oh, I remembered! Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I am am re-listening to uh, Book 7. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Because for the life of me, I couldn't remember if Katie Bell comes back for the... For the fight, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure she yes, did. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she did. Because I was because I got confused because I was thinking about all the stuff here, what's going on. And I'm like, oh, did she come? Didn't she come? I don't remember. And then, yeah, she did. Okay, thank you. That's good to know. Okay, sorry. That's okay. So okay. last last week we had George taking little Alfred, who's half Fred, Alfred. And which I think it's funny. Yeah. To the borough with the expectation that he's going to get custody and Molly and crew ambushed him and said they were taking over custody and there was this real tense scene. And so this is later. In which that- Harry threw a fit. Harry yes, did. And he's he really stuck up did. for George. Yay! Fleur started things. Ron was on her side, as was Ginny. But mm-hmm. Harry was the one who really kind of closed them all down. Yep. And he said, all right, things are too tense for you here. Uh, you two, come stay with us at Godric's Hollow for a while, and mm-hmm. we'll work stuff out. Yeah. And that's where we pick things up in Chapter 7. And So George is on the back porch. Dinner's over. Alf and Teddy are tearing around the back garden, tossing a quaffle. No magic involved because Alf isn't ready for that yet, and he's definitely not ready for brooms. And the best part about this is that James can play, too. And Teddy's hair at the moment was a shade of red to match Alf's, so that's cool. Mm -hmm. And you can just tell that these two are going to get along like a house of fire. (laughs) Yes. Although I've never quite understood that expression, but that's a a side point. (laughs) It must be the redness. It is the the redness of the hair. There you go. (laughs) So Ginny has brought George a fire whiskey. And, yeah, he says she's an angel. And it got awfully quiet. Did we lose Scott? No, Uh, I'm still here. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm just so trained. (laughs) Uh, Oh, wait, I'm not going to say it because if I say it, then it's going to happen. Yeah, no, don't say it. Okay. So he says, when you were born, Jin, Fred and I were so put out. We wanted more boys and twins. Of course. And she said, oh, heaven help the house if that ever happened. But he says, heaven help me. If I'd been without you and Ron and Harry, I don't know that I've properly thanked everyone for what you guys have done for me these years. And Ron and Hermione said, you know, don't forget Fleur. She was the one that that, uh, alerted me. Fleur redeemed herself with everything. Yeah, she Mm -hmm. did. I mean, uh, and Fleur um, was never my favorite person in the world, but Fleur is now one has gone out there. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. though I, I name my cat, it's kind of named Fleur, mm-hmm. but it wasn't on purpose. And what the hell are you doing, cat? <laughs> yeah, the cat is named after the hockey player. Yes. Yeah, Fleury. I, I can't really see this particular Fleur as a hockey player. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> she's good on a broom, so maybe. Isn't she? It's true. I think she's good on a broom. Um, yeah. I don't she know if we now. see much about that. Well, we don't get to see it. I think she is. I don't know why I think that. So maybe mm. I... I could imagine Fleur to... being an ice skater. Mm, yeah. Mm. Mm. Or a yeah. gymnast. Bobatons, mm-hmm. they, they would have ice probably for ice skating. I, I could see that. So, I think they even say something about that in the um, fourth book when they're talking about the decorations and they have all mm-hmm. the wonderful ice sculptures and things. 
Yeah. And serenading nymphs or something, I believe. Mm-hmm. Well, I love George because he says, Lord, I'm just imagining what it's like to be Bill right now because Fleur has yes. stood up and Bill was on the wrong side of this game. And he's not only on the couch, he's in the doghouse. And, and she's going to go out and buy a dog just so they can have a doghouse for him to sleep in. I mean, on the other hand, I get where Bill is coming from. I can see that. But I more have a problem with Molly yeah. than Bill. We find out where she's coming from, too, though. She's got some things yeah. that have been eating at her for 20 years and that finally come out in this set of chapters. Yes. Yeah, but I, I don't think that re- redeems herself. I think she handled it totally wrong. So, really? no. She does not redeem herself for a very long, no. long, long time. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's got a little Molly from- hating going on in this group. It's not just a little. Mo- it's not just a little Molly hate. It's a lot of Molly hate. All right. So <laughs> poor Molly. Oh, no, what no, no, was no, that? No, she thick where everybody was like back in the future and like Mo- or Harry and Ginny were like so thirty years old, like mentally. But, yeah, but back in their own bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she- and then like Molly totally purpose. freaks yeah. out yeah. when backwards she finds with- them. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Backwards with purpose. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. So we have. Alf in this nice little room in Galdrick's Hollow. It's the attic room. And there's two twin beds up there, and, and he and George are bunking together because no one wants to take them apart from each other, which is really nice. And mm-hmm. That's smart. He's always had a room of his own, but he really kind of likes having Uncle George with him. But he's still a little bit afraid because... He, yeah, everyone he's ever kind of gotten close to has eventually left or pushed him away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he's he's oh, yeah. basking in, in the glory of Uncle George and how much Uncle George seems to like him, but he also has this niggling remembrance of his stepfather who mm-hmm. liked, him liked him just fine until he had his own son, at which point he dropped Alf like a hot potato. I'm just full of these funky little sayings tonight. I don't know what the <laughs> deal is. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Idioms are always fun. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the thing is, how can you blame him for not being worried? I mean, you can't. No, I mean, any child that goes through any kind of—I mean, not just divorce, but losing of—I of mean, death and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. what, I mean, Al, Al lost everything pretty much. He did, and mm-hmm. he's gained a lot. But what he's gained is completely overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, no and he kidding. also he has these memories, and we find out that he feels like Katie thought there was maybe something wrong with him too. Mm-hmm. And at the very least, she was always watching him for something, and she doesn't he doesn't quite get what that might be and why she would be paying attention whenever he was having problems with his brother or things like that. And she was looking for accidental magic, right? And of course, it hasn't been happening. So Katie is pretty sure that he's a squib, and that's why she hasn't tried to reconnect with the Wizarding World uh, before this point. Right. So she's... But the thing is, I mean, as some foreshadowing, as they did in, in the previous thing, you see that, oh, he feel when he takes the wand, he feels some there's something stirring. Right. Yeah, and we'll have a little bit more of that in, in the next couple of chapters where we find out yes. some other stuff, too. Mm-hmm. No, you're good, because it's true, you did, I mean, we had that foreshadowing when he, well, I guess that's coming up as well. 
I we don't have to go do everything. Yeah, we don't have to do everything order. in absolute order. We're sort order, of going you know. in sections. So. Yep. Yep. so Al's having this conversation with himself, and he's got the good angel and the bad angel on his shoulders. And George is asleep, and Al's trying to figure out, you know, what to do. And he kind of wants to talk to George about how he's feeling, but his bad elf, his bad elf, his bad side is saying, <laughs> don't wake him up. He won't like you if you wake him up. And, and the good side's saying, well, you woke him up last night and it was just fine. And and the bad side's going, yeah, but yesterday was a, it was an accident. You were dreaming when he woke up and, and now you're going to do it deliberately. And he's not going to like that. And, you know, the poor kid is so conflicted. Oh, he has mm-hmm. no He doesn't know what's up and what's down. No. And the thing is, and what's so funny, because we keep calling him elf. I keep on thinking you're saying elf. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did say elf. I'm seeing good Dobby. <laughs> and bad Dobby. Oh, my. <laughs> so good Dobby, Dobby and creature and on either creature. shoulder. Oh, <laughs> this poor kid. Poor Dobby. <laughs> Dobby. Yeah, he got a lot of dead around. So we might as well put Dobby in the, in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> and, and George is dreaming, and he's actually dreaming of Fred, and he's like, music in the woe-woes, check. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll remember that. And that's brilliant, and and maybe Alf can can help me. Nice kid, must be Katie, you know, because of course you know he can't have gotten the nice from Fred. <laughs> and he's chuckling, and and of course mm-hmm. Alf is listening to this, and he's like, okay, I have to remember. I'll bring it up sometime. And he and he's trying to make himself relax and and not worry, and he's just being stupid. Oh, 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 go, go, Kizo. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. No touchdown. I didn't hear another no, squeal. In, in, interception. All right, good job. Oh. By the beard, the beard came on it. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I will go. Okay, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy's name is Brett Hazel. He has this huge beard on. Oh, I got to let go one time and play with Ben Roethlisberger's uh, football camp. And Brett Kiesel was there, so R got to play with him. And it wow. was funny, R tried to um, tackle, this is like two or three years ago, R, R tried to tackle him. And you see R, so R's a lot shorter now. And R tries to tackle him, you see Brett Kiesel does, does this little like flick with the hand, and there goes R flying across the field. <laughs> <laughs> and he thought it was great. He goes, Mom, did you see me go? Go across the field, Brett Kiesel strong-armed me. It's just so... <laughs> like flicking oh, a mat. Oh, Whee! yeah, it was like, flicking, like a little flick of the mat. It was just like a flick of the wrist, and there goes my son across the field. Nice. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's okay. No worries. I'm just over here nodding and smiling because I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, football. Football. I understood that much, and <laughs> the rest of it was just... You're just going to have to... Uh, Look up Brett Kiesel, and then okay. it, when you see how large he is, and then compared to maybe like maybe an eight-year-old at the time when he was. So he's like Hagrid. Yes. Yes, okay. he is. He's very much a Hagrid. Okay. <laughs> Just put it into in Harry Potter terms. We're good. <laughs> yeah. So, so we have a scene change, and it goes to lunch next day. And George is watching the kids because uh, Harry's at the ministry and Ron and Hermione are on to their own house. And uh, Ginny had been kind of trying to take care of everything by herself. And George took one look at this and says, all right, I'm going to feed the littlest. Uh, you go eat something. 
<laughs> and uh, eventually he decided, you know, why don't you go and do something nice and I'll take care of them for a bit because, you know, I'm here anyway and you could use a break. Go have a spa day or have lunch or get your hair done or something. Mm-hmm. And- How sexist. <laughs> you know what? I want George the whole time. <laughs> I like the George two different... Just- George just went up there with Charlie. Okay. Well, and I love her because she says, are you implying, George, that I'm not, I'm still, I'm not still a great beauty? And he says, I'm implying you ought to take advantage of having an adult at your disposal, unless you don't think I'm capable. And so she chuckles and heads on out. And what was it that you didn't understand, Mooney? Um... Charlie in a towel? Charlie in a towel. Well, no, it just sounded funny. The juxtaposition of George taking care of the kids being the top favorite thing, and then Charlie in a towel, which is... Yes, but see, Trisha has already informed us that her son is driving her crazy, so if she had George to come over and say, hey, I'm going to take care of Ulrich for a couple hours, if you go to the spa, she'd be kissing his feet. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, it would be better if he paid for the spa, too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he probably would. Yeah, he would. He could certainly afford to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Teddy and Alf say they'll help too, and they take care of James, and and she goes on her merry way, and then well, that sounds th- awful. That they're going to take care of James? Yes. Well, they're going to do it in a nice way. One hopes. One they're hopes. good kids. They are good kids, <laughs> and, and so. You know, a little time passes, and and George is trying to give them lunch, and things are not but going. Maybe as I'm well. over my head after all. <laughs> yeah. mm. Going as well as he thought they would. Yeah. But and then Grandpa appears, uh, intercepted uh, by Bullet James. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Grandpa and. George gets the two youngest down for a nap, and the two oldest take James out to play because Arthur wants to talk. Uh-oh. And, and George, yeah, George situates them so that if they go out on the balcony, they can watch the boys that are playing outside but still hear the two that are supposed to be napping in case anything happens. And Arthur, you know, has to tell him how he feels. And he says, George says, I'm not surprised at how mom acted, but I certainly didn't expect you to turn on me like that. And Arthur wants to know how long he's believed that his mother didn't love him. And George says, I know she loves me. It's just that she loved me less. She always, I was always the one that got in trouble first. Even if Fred and I did something equally, or even if it was Fred's idea, she always believed that I was the instigator. Mm-hmm. And Arthur says, you know, he never noticed her treating George any differently, but if that's the way George felt, he's going to acknowledge it at least. Mm-hmm. And he wants to, the question he really is there to ask, or at least one of the things that he hasn't asked for some time, is why George was ready to kill himself after mm-hmm. Fred died. Was there something they missed, think? something they could have done? And George says, well, no, it's just, it was Fred. I mean, I've lived my entire life with Fred. There was no me without Fred, mm-hmm. like, you know. Yeah, so. and I just didn't know what to do. I looked around and everybody had somebody but me. Bill had Fleur, Ron had Hermione, Ginny had Harry, you and Mom, Angelina had just left me. And that kind of startles Arthur because, of course, 
he had told everybody that he had broke it off. George had broke it off with Angelina, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, yeah, I told everybody that because I couldn't bear to admit the truth. And she had really wanted to be with Fred. Mm-hmm. Fred was the one who took Poor her George. to the Yule Ball. But then Fred was in love with Katie. And when they switched at the ball, that was okay with them. And Angelina sort of went up along with it. But she was really in love with Fred, too. Mm-hmm. Poor George. Yeah. And so George, George, that's not the right name. Uh, Arthur. Arthur. Thank you. I'm like brain dead going, Alf, no, it's an A word, but that's not it either. So Arthur says that he just didn't want George to be hurt. He didn't want George to get Alf and fall in love and then have somebody come and take Alf away from him. That was where he was coming from. And George says, I've kept myself in a bloody cocoon for 10 years, and that's no way to live. I will be okay. Alf and I are going to be okay. And so Arthur pulls out a packet, and it's the guardianship papers. Yay! Yay. And he says, well, they were going to owl it, but I wanted to bring it to you. And and George says, thanks. And, And Arthur says, see how much you'll thank me in five years when son of Fred places an exploding dung bombs under your boss's brand new wizard spaced car. <laughs> and George is like, what? Fred Fudge didn't like the side effect or the effects of that. That one was my idea. I'm going to admit it. So, mm-hmm. And besides he's his boss, so it would have to be his car. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I like it. I go, bring him around. That's not a problem. As long as you promise, promise me, Promise me mom won't try to operate to Bulgaria. Bulgaria. <laughs> Why would anyone operate to Bulgaria? <laughs> uh, but that's mm-hmm. where George and Alf are going to go to get away from the family if they had to run for it. So Yeah, before Harry caught up to them and said, it's okay, no, we've no. defused things. Mm-hmm. We move so on. So they stick around in Godric's Hollow for three weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, George, then George has finally managed to... Uh, fix up this flat over the shop so that it fits having Alfred there as well. Mm-hmm. And they're going to head over there. But it's their last night in Godric's Hollow, and Alf is not sleeping yet. Because nope. he's got some questions. He does. And he wants to know more about the picture. Then, so What picture? The picture of the four of them at the Yule Ball. Yule Ball. Oh, 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 oh. So Fred and Katie and Angelina and George all together at the Yule Ball. And, and so he's, you know... Saying, you have to understand, Alf, that what was between your mom and dad started a long time before that night. It was back in third year, and everybody was in, you know, they were in buying school supplies, and all of a sudden, Fred disappeared. And, of course, I got in trouble for that because I always know where Fred is, and I didn't know at this point. And here comes Fred with Angelina. I thought it was Katie. With Katie. I'm doing this from memory and not actually <laughs> reading, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'm. Uh, they all sort of get me. they get worried uh, about where is Fred, mm-hmm. and George is having his ear twisted off by Molly, and then uh, Ron knocks some things over, so she leaves him alone. Yeah. Ron actually <laughs> then, is a great brother. I know there's a lot of fix where Ron is just terrible, and in this, clueless. this is really a great story yeah. for Ron. Mm-hmm. So. And George hasn't even realized until he's been thinking back to this just now that Ron actually did that on purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even the five-year-old Ron or however old he was at that point. Yeah. Uh, I guess 10. He was about about to be a first year. So Fred comes around the corner with Katie, and she has a bloody nose. And uh, 
It was some little blonde twerp who cursed her. Yeah. Uh, by the name Gee, of Malfoy. I wonder. <laughs> and Molly's like, Malfoy. I love Molly because Molly's like, oh, I'll speak to his parents. And she's like, Draco Malfoy. I see. Well, I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do about him. <laughs> <laughs> the Malfoys are so unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And so they, they get her all fixed up. Molly heals her and, and, you know, Katie Bell, she's a year behind us. And she's like, oh, one of the Sussex Bells. And Katie says, no, I'm from Southampton. And Molly's like, really? And you're in Gryffindor? And she's like, yep, the first in my family, not in Slytherin in a hundred years. That's why Malfoy threw the curse at me. He'll be a first year next year. And George is like, oh, look, you've got a winning classmate, Ron. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Molly scolds him for And that. so that's the first time that... Uh... Fred noticed Katie as a person because mm-hmm. she was being picked on. So that's the first time. And then later for the Yule Ball, you know, Ron kind of puts Fred in a spot. And that's why he asks Angelina. And he doesn't even really know at that point that he likes Katie. He's pretty mm-hmm. oblivious. George can tell, but Fred doesn't. Yeah, Fred doesn't. Not realize well, yet. I mean, no offense, but boys are, boys are stupid. Yeah, they it's are. true. At that age. Sorry, yeah. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha's like, you were in love with Mom, too? Because George kind of had a crush on her as well. Aww. But once he realized that Fred had a bigger crush, then he vacated the space. Uh, and pretty so, much anything at that age, if you, if you... If a girl tells a guy that she likes him or, or vice versa, you're like, oh, I kind of like you, too, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, everybody's in like. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. And like. Fred sort of, at this point, before um, before George kind of arranges the switch at the ball, Fred thinks of Katie as a kid because mm-hmm. he's just a year older than Harry and Ron. But George says, you know, girls mature faster and he privately thinks she's done pretty well for herself. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, she's matured quite nicely. Mm-hmm. And Fred lies to himself. I'm not interested in Katie Bell, but he's not fooling George. Yeah. And Fred tells him, all right, I've got this date with Angelina. You have to get a date now because I'm not going to the ball by myself. Mm-hmm. So George says, hmm, and goes and asks Katie. <laughs> yeah. And... She's having a bad day because Fred asked Angelina. Mm-hmm. And so she's, uh, you know, he says, I know he asked her to go and he says, I know I'm not Fred, although sometimes I'm not sure anyone else does. But maybe if you squint a little. And Katie says, you always know the right thing to say, George. And she's one of the few people that can always tell them apart. Mm-hmm. Which is frightening that even their mother can't even do that sometimes. I know. And... You know, halfway through the evening, Katie and Fred can't stop looking at each other, and Angelina doesn't seem angry at all, and so they switch. And Alf says, you guys are so happy in this photo. What are you laughing at? And George says, you. And Alf's like, be serious. And he's like, no, really, it is. And then he tells the story about Alfred, which we've already told at least once mm-hmm. in this. So Yeah. Alf, Katie, and Alfred. Alf. Alf, Katie, and Alfred, and, you know, at that point, Alf's just like, really? There's not an Alfred somewhere in the line that's, you know, battle drill Nope, you got your name from a joke. <laughs> oh, and on that note, he gets tossed into bed. 
So yeah. before he falls asleep, he asks if he can help at the store, mm-hmm. and uh, George says, "Well, you know, sure, let's give it a try." Yeah, because he always helped at the restaurant, so he's and he wants to be with George, so it's a perfect thing. Aww. And then, of course, George dreams, and he's on a flying carpet with Fred, and he Fred mm-hmm. says it's easier to talk on the flying carpet than it would be on brooms. Yeah. He wants to know, okay, George, what are you worried about? Mm-hmm. George says, I, dream, I would dream about you when I'm not worried. And he says, yeah, but those ones you don't seem to remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, well, Al's just too good. He's too good of a kid. You know, he's part you. He should not be as good as he is. He even sirs me. It's a terrible thing. I'm not a sir. And Fred says he's afraid that you're going to get mad and kick him out. Mm-hmm. That's what he's been taught. He's been taught that he is only good enough for a little while, and then if something happens, and so yeah, until- and no matter how much you tell him mm-hmm. that you're going to keep him and it's great and it's fine, he's not really going to believe it until he does crack and something terrible happens, and you don't throw him out. So you're right. just going to have to wait and try and keep your temper whenever whatever it is happens. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, well, do you know when that's going to be? Fred's like, do I look like Trelawney? No, I don't know. You <laughs> Trelawney would know either. Yeah, I know. It's true. And we she move on. She'd probably say in the second moon of the something or other. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I mean, that's even, I mean, knowing children, it's not just one time. They will always, always worry about something else, mm-hmm. that it's always their fault in some aspects or another. Right. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So we shift to Chapter 9, and Alf has been working in the shop part of the Weasley's Wizard Wheezes, and Ron I've got a note in Chapter 8 about Vomit. Oh, yeah? And I don't remember why. <laughs> vomit! Yeah, that was why I had to note it. It was a note for Trisha. Yeah. Um, somebody vomits at some point, but I can't remember. Let's try the finding page thing. Uh, no. No vomits? It's not finding anything. Yeah, well, never mind. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know. Maybe it was a different chapter. Yeah, maybe there's vomit in this one. Maybe. There there is vomit in the one where he gets hurt. So there's there's vomit coming. Okay. And and it's See, that's how you know it's a good story. It has vomit. Yep, yeah, it's a good story. It has vomit in it. Trisha Trisha has it has the Trisha seal of approval on it. <laughs> so oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so Alpha's come back to the workshop basically to ask uh, George if he wants lunch. And he says, "Eh, well, I guess so. I'm not really there isn't much progress happening at the moment." And Ron apparently has Alf demonstrating the fanged frisbee tricks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an excuse for Ron to play with the merchandise, says George. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, they all like to play. And, and then Alf spots the yo-yo, or as it actually is, the wo-wo, wo-wo. which has sparkles and fireworks that happen when you do yo-yo tricks with it. Mm-hmm. I really want one. I know. Isn't it cool? And he remembers what... George said, well, first of all, he thinks it's perfect. And George says, no, I have a sixth sense, and I always know when it's ready, and this one's not ready, but I can't figure out why. And he calls it the whoa-whoa, and then Alf remembers the, the dream he was having, and he says, what if it played music? Is it music? Mm-hmm. Could it be that simple? Yes, it could. It could. 
And Alf doesn't know if that's even something that could happen, but George is like, oh, this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. He's going to have him play the 1812 overture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for the first one. Alf says, you know, maybe different custom things for depending on what people want, or you could get like happy birthday ones or mm-hmm. uh, jingle bells God ones. Save. God save the queen. God save the queen. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. And so he says, you need to go and tell Ron that we need food and then you're going to come back and help. And he's like, really? I can help back here? And and George says, well, you're not old enough. And he thinks to himself to do magic, but he doesn't really say that out loud. But I can have you cutting up beetles and things. That'll work. <laughs> and, you know, Alf doesn't know what he's underage for, but, you know, maybe there are certain things like he wasn't allowed to touch the meat cutter in the restaurant because he wasn't old enough. So maybe there's things in the wizarding world that... He's not old enough to do, too. Mm-hmm. And he jokes and says, two corned beef sandwiches coming right up. Because we all know that <laughs> Weasley men do not eat corned beef sandwiches, which is very sad because I think corned beef is really good. Yes, especially <laughs> with, with sauerkraut, Thousand Island dressing, and Swiss cheese. Yep. <laughs> I think it's one of those preparation things. Because it's like um, how a lot of kids don't like Brussels sprouts, but mm-hmm. it's because Brussels sprouts are really easy to cook badly if you cook them right then they're fine which is yeah (laughs) i know how to cook them right and they are so yummy even people Mm -hmm. that don't like them like them when we cook them this way so and something like corned beef um one it's a strong flavor which as kids we might not necessarily like i remember not really liking the corned beef when we had it at one point but these days it's fine Mm -hmm. um and also, it's um, a repetition thing. Like, if right. they always got corned beef sandwiches, you're going to get sick of them. <laughs> right. And if it's something that nobody really likes, and Molly cooks it, and there's lots of leftovers, you know they're going to get a lot of sandwiches. Mm-hmm. It's like after Thanksgiving. Right. Turkey. Turkey. And more turkey. Mm-hmm. And a little and bit turkey. more turkey. And, and turkey. <laughs> and 57 different ways of preparing a leftover turkey. Yeah, my goodness. <laughs> Well, yesterday for breakfast, mom made scotch eggs. And I still don't know why they're called scotch eggs, but... What are, what are those? You hard-boil eggs, okay. and then you peel them out of their shell, or you, yeah. you almost hard-boil them. But, you oh. know, they got to be pretty hard. And you peel them out of their shell, and then you wrap them in sausage. What? I have no problem with that. Yep, you wrap what? them in sausage. Why which, do you do that? Well, it was kind of hard because it didn't want to stick. So she she made a, a, you know, like a ball, and then she put a hole in it, and she put the egg in it, and she, she wrapped it around. You should see me. I'm doing this with my hands, as I tell you, even though I don't <laughs> actually have it. And then when she finally got enough on there so it kind of all stuck together, yeah. she rolled it in an egg wash, and then she rolled it in breadcrumbs, and then she cooked it. Oh, my goodness. And so I had these two balls on my plate, and then when you cut it in half, it had an egg inside it. And it was oh yummy. It, it, was, it was quite good. And it actually wasn't that hard to do, or, and, and it wasn't that long to do once she figured out how to get the sausage to kind of stick to it. But... Yeah, it was. It's going to be one of our keeper recipes. We're going to have to do that one again. And I'd try that with bacon instead of sausage. Well, bacon, bacon. wouldn't bacon wouldn't stick very well. Yeah. I saw bacon pancakes. Oh. Hello. Apparently, yeah. I'm getting phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> you and not me. That's cool. Anybody you need to talk to? Nope. Maybe he muted us to do it. You take um, instead of making like round pancakes, you make long oval pancakes. And once it starts to, to kind of get a little bit hard, you put a piece of bacon in it, and then you put the batter on top of the bacon. So when you flip it over, you have a pancake with bacon encased in it. 
Bacon. Bacon. Well, the best way to do it is um, have the oh, I'm sorry, um, is put the batter in like a a squeeze bottle, like an old ketchup mm-hmm. bottle. Yeah, I it. I posted on um, I think I posted in the Puffo page. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody that was doing they had pancake batter in, in three slightly different colors, and they they made the faces of several of the Walking Dead characters. Oh, I did see that. <laughs> yeah, oh it was, was kind of weird. Yeah, it's just, you know, to look at that and you just go, wow, people have some pretty incredible talent. So. Yeah. Or all the Harry Potter jack-o'-lanterns I was just looking at on my other day. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like Scott's going to be a bit, so we'll just keep going here. The happiness has lasted Alf all of two days, and then he's hanging out with Teddy, and he learns this word. It's a squib. And he doesn't quite know what a squib is, but Teddy explains that it's somebody that can't do magic. And Alf's like, Teddy, I can't do magic. It's never even occurred to me I might be able to. And Teddy's like, well, yeah, you've never been taught how to do magic. And he says, yeah, but you do magic all the time without even thinking about it. And Teddy's like, well, but you didn't know about magic before, so maybe that's why. And so he takes him in and he gets out his parents' wands and he says, here, test the wands and see. And he doesn't feel anything with Tonks' wand. And so he says, well, you know, maybe that's a, maybe it's a guy thing. Here, try my dad's wand. And so Alf picks it up and, and he doesn't feel anything really. And he's like, what should I feel? And Teddy says, when I touch a wand, I feel this tingle in my hand like it wants to pull something from me. I feel it mostly with dad's wand. But maybe, maybe you should try a spell. And so he tries Aloamora and he tries to get everything right, but it doesn't work. And he's convinced he's a squib. And so he goes back to the house and he asks Ginny if she'll lend him some dictionaries and stuff. And he goes and he looks up squib. And it's, you know, a child born to muggle parents but not possessing magic. Or a person of retarded magic capabilities. Or slang, a dunce or a fool. Someone of low intelligence that's beneath magical notice. And he is just crushed. And I, oh good, I was like, and I feel like I'm all alone. (laughs) Trish is here, yay! (laughs) And I'm back. Oh good, Mooney went to take a shower. Ah, I see. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And he finds out that squibs used to be institutionalized and and that they were drowned by some magical families, the purebloods, because, you know, they didn't want to have that stain on their on Their, mm-hmm. their family wonderful tree. family name. Yes. yes. And so he's like, you're uh And Harry comes in and says, you're kind of quiet tonight. Did you and Teddy have a fight? I was like, Teddy's my best friend. We would never fight. And Harry's Never like, stop me and Rod from getting <laughs> stupid. Yeah. But your Uncle George is still in France, and he wants to talk to you. And so Alf goes, and he can use the flu as long as he doesn't have to put his head in the fire. And we find out that France is having a big shindig, and since George added music to the fireworks, he's now got the the contract, the magical contract. So he's going to be stuck Mm in France for a little bit longer. And he says, I'm just going to have you spend the night there. And even though Alf's thinking in his head, I need to talk to you, I need to talk to you, he just says, okay. And he goes to bed, still feeling terrible. Yeah. He's not feeling so celebratory. No. And then we change scenes to the next day. And he's stocking shelves. We mm-hmm. need some he's more. Being a gopher. Yeah. Skiving snack boxes, Alf. 
right honk he yells back and it's one month before hogwarts opens and so the shop is busy and they've got percy's taken the week off to deal with the books and so ron and george can just do the shop and they've hired an extra help and it, you know it's a busy time and i can just imagine oh it's mm-hmm. like, it's probably like christmas i mean mm-hmm. tell you twice as bad as christmas oh yeah 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 Everything. And it has a little bit in here that's it's good of them to include just to, for detail. George smoothed his loose hair behind his one ear. And mm-hmm. I keep forgetting as I'm reading that uh, George only has one ear. Right. But it, it doesn't pop up in my picture of him. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of neat that they remember to reference that every now and then. Yeah. And George is kind of watching because people are noticing that Alf's doing all of this without magic. And technically, yeah, he's underage, but a lot of underage kids get away with little bits of magic, and he hasn't even tried. And so he's kind of keeping an eye on him, too, and he's thinking about what Katie said, because Katie kind of implied that maybe he was a squib, but she didn't want to come out and say it, mm-hmm. so he's not sure. She said there's something different about him, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, but But he's pretty sure that's what's going on, and... It seems weird to him because, you know, Fred was so very magical and Katie was a really good witch as well. And it seems odd that they would have a squib. But then, you know, that happens. So. Yeah, that's what a squib is. So there you go. It happens. Yeah. And Teddy comes in and says, hey, we came to see if Alf could go and have ice cream with Gran and I. And so George goes over and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, that, that mean boss of mine's making me slave away here. And so. Yeah. Geez. Union violation. Yeah. <laughs> you're, uh, you'll have to report to ice cream immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Teddy's here? Oh, boy. And off he goes. And, of course, you know, and but Alf doesn't want to go because they're so busy. And he's like, nope, nope, go. It's okay. And then George has a feeling. There's a presence in the shop. And only Molly Weasley can bring that presence with her. <laughs> you make yourself like uh, um, Darth Vader and Obi Wan. There's a presence not felt since three weeks ago. <laughs> and she's come in to check on Alf, and of course he says, "Well, you just missed him. He's gone for ice cream." And she says, "Well, that's a healthy lunch." And I'm not surprised. And, mm-hmm. you know, George is like, you know, I fed him chili early, or he's had a lunch. This is a treat. Yeah, it's called a bowl of chili and a salad. I mean, hell, what 10-year-old or how old, 10 or 9-year-old eats a salad? Right. Yeah, that's what he did. He got a vegetable. I mean, give George credit for this, man. <laughs> Serving yeah. vegetables. Mm-hmm. And so she looks around and she sees Ron and she's <laughs> like, well, Ron's here. Who took him for ice cream? And he's like, he went with Teddy and before you can even say and Jeez. Andromeda, she's off again. You let two ten-year-old boys and Doug, are you insane? They're going to get killed. Blah. Oh, it's, it, like, it's just, I mean, it's just off the deep end each time. Mm-hmm. This just makes me hate Molly. Yeah. I don't want to hate Molly. I really do. But she's she's got some problems here. And this is, and you know, I love the author who's like, okay, I know that you guys are hating Molly. I have a reason for it. Hang in there. It's going to happen. Just relax. Stop sending me hate mail. 
<laughs> because this author has done a really, really good job of making us hate Molly. Oh, yeah. She did. I mean, she did her or he or, or this author did a great job right. of wanting you to hate her. And yeah. Bravo. <laughs> I don't know. I never really hated Molly because I could tell there's something going on. You know, there's right. there's stuff that's coming up here, and well, it's and it's all sort of coming to a head with this chapter because right. uh, yeah, I mean, I when know what it, you're... he's in the middle of defending himself, you know, she's with Andromeda, and she's obviously a responsible person, and there's a crashing noise from outside, mm-hmm. and Andromeda is screaming, and so they go rushing out and have to yeah. figure out what's going on, and of course she says, "I told you you weren't fit for this." And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, Tristan. Yeah. I mean, I can, like, like Scott said, I can see that there's something going going on, and somehow she's going to redeem Molly and everything like that. But I think it, it strikes a nerve with me, particularly because, I mean, I am a single parent. I mm-hmm. second guess myself every single time, and and I think it's it's just like. I have my own Molly Weasley in my head. They're going, you're going to screw this kid up so bad. <laughs> kind of thing. And, and I just hate seeing that it is Molly. Mm-hmm. It, it's just like that, it's that evil voice in your head that makes you doubt everything kind of thing. Right. And I think that hits me. That hit, it hit a particular nerve then. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. And it's tough to read because we're not used to Molly having being this strident and having foibles like this because in most fics, although not all of them by any means, um, Molly is kind of the, the mother we all want. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and I mean, in some places in canon and in the fics that go off them, she kind of goes overboard and starts being smothering or goes a little bit nuts when it comes to Sirius or things like that. And yeah, this is sort but... of taken off on that and kept going. Right. Uh, what did I miss? Molly. Molly being a bitch. Of course. <laughs> We're coming into the beginning of chapter 10. And okay. there's been some sort of crashing out in Diagon Alley. And George is now staring at a cart that was pulled oh, by yes. Destrals that has mm-hmm. crashed into something or other. And Alf is lying in the street. Yeah, uh, he's laying against Ollivander's storefront with his eyes closed and his face gray and George's world has just stopped. Mm-hmm. And he op- opens his eyes and says, I'm okay. I'm okay. Because he has darted out into the street to put himself over a much smaller child mm-hmm. who was in the way of this carriage. Right. And nobody knows that at this point, but you know, it's coming. And, and jo- I love George here because he thinks to himself, okay, I can't overreact. I can't yell. Don't yell. Don't yell. You don't yell. Because what he remembers is being much more frightened of his parents' anger than his actual accidents as a child. And it's so true. As a parent, as a teacher, when they do something stupid, your first reaction is anger because you're so relieved that they're okay that a lot of times the, your reaction is just wrong. And so they're born of worry. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. thinking to himself, okay, I can't react like that. I can't react like that. And as he's doing that, Molly does react like that. And she's slapping poor off around the head and shoulders going, oh, what did you do? You could have been killed. And she's beating on him. And he's like, mom, get off. <laughs> you know, 
kind of tosses her over to Ron, who takes her in and gets her a glass of uh, sherry. <laughs> or something. I'll get you some tea, some sherry, all right? Something. And Andromeda is just like, I, he just started out. I couldn't, I couldn't grab him. And, and Teddy's like, oh, Teddy, I was like, I'm so sorry. I, he, he would have been, been flattened. And, you know, George is like, it's okay. It's okay. Tell me what happened. And then there's this incredibly blonde little child. And he looks up and he says, mama. Oh my God. <laughs> And Elf's like, I saw the carriage and I saw this little boy go into the street and and there was no way I could tell anybody. I was the only one close enough. Mm-hmm. Apparently his mom had just called him from somewhere and this kid was going to go follow his mom. And mm-hmm. Yeah, and we find out the kid. Right. The kid is, is Draco's, it's Draco's son. It's Scorpius. It's Scorpius. Little Scorpius. This, uh, this happened to my mom when she was a little girl. She... They were out playing with her. She was playing with her little dog, and the dog had gone across the street. And she called the dog, and just as she called the dog, a car came and it killed oh, the dog. No. So it, yeah, this that kind of brought hit close to home because I've heard this story a few times, and you know, she was just crushed because mm-hmm. she had called the dog, and you know, the car came. They they were close to the corner. The car came around the corner, and there was just nothing you know she could do. Oh, but. And then, you know, we hear this uh, commotion in the crowd and, my boy, where's my boy? Get out of the way. And there it's Draco. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, okay, that this is awkward. Of, <laughs> yeah. That reminded me of Amy's The Weasley degree. kid has just mm-hmm. saved the Malfoy kid. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, you could just, you can know it's something bad because the little boy goes, Mama called me. I have to go when Mama calls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I pictured like you could see Drago just hugging him and just his face that you could just hear him seething pansy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Pansy is going to get an earful when he catches up to her. Mm-hmm. And-, and we find out that Pansy's a lush. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I can just, yeah, I mean, right. you could just see it. She's like, yeah, Draco. and george is a little worried because lucius would have blamed alf for this and so he's a little stunned that draco thanks alfred i am he's not his father he is not his father and i like that about draco yeah this draco is one of my favorite dracos Mm -hmm. i have to say Mm -hmm. okay i go from one extreme hate to another extreme (laughs) 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 apparently you cannot like all the characters in a pic no i think i'll be all confused it did and Mm -hmm. so yeah although he is he's still quite awkward with fred Mm -hmm. and with the with george and the rest of them which i like because it makes sense Um, oh yeah he he, they uh, wouldn't be friends at all but mm -hmm. at least he's trying he's putting his best foot forward and and i like alf i'm glad i was there sir and then he looks over draco looks at george and he says i was glad for you when i heard about you finding fred's son you might not believe it but it's true yeah. And yeah, it's just a neat little touch. So he says thanks, and he's spotted Pansy sort of weaving her way down the street. And mm-hmm. he says, I think um, she oh, might be looking weaving. for Scorpius. Yeah. <laughs> he says, <laughs> arranged marriages, Weasley, are not what they're cracked up to be. Yeah. <laughs> but he does love his son, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Love redeems. Oh. Yeah. And then you know, mm-hmm. then you, then you hear Elvis goes, "My arm hurts." Yeah. 
<laughs> and George figures out that it's probably broken in three places. And, and so, they probably, I mean, George knows all about breaks and I'm sure and scabs and mm-hmm. scrapes and stuff. Yeah, but I think you know they did. They might have broken a few bones here and there. We find out that he's broke several bones, but I don't think he ever healed them. He he's more into like the superficial stuff, the bruises and the scrapes and things like that. I think he could heal really easy, mm-hmm. but he's way out of. He his probably knows here. how to grow eyebrows back. Yeah, yeah, probably he does that really well. So he sends Andromeda in to ask Ron to very discreetly call Fleur and not let his mother know what's going on. And then he says, I'm going to take him in the back door. And he tries really, really hard. This is the vomit. Yeah. He tries really, really hard to get him in without jostling him, but there's just no way. And yeah, he vomits up chili cheese and black raspberry ice cream. (laughs) Not what I would have had. And Ron comes in and wants to know how it is. And he says, worse than the injury Harry got when Lockhart Lockhart deboned his arm. Ron just blanches. Mm. (laughs) That's still... And they can't get a hold of Fleur Mm -hmm. because nobody's at the cottage. And it's they think maybe they've all gone into town for a day. Mm-hmm. So Bill's work. He says, "All right, I'm gonna have to ask Mum because she doesn't know what she's doing." Yeah. And Alf is scared of this because she doesn't like me, and um, he says, "No, it's not that she doesn't like you. She was just really scared that that's what she does." Yeah, she's angry. It's she'll, it'll hurt because she's mad at me. And George is like, I won't leave you. It will be fine. Mm-hmm. Poor kid. She really is a good healer. You know, mm-hmm. she's had me and your dad to keep in one piece for 20 years. So, so he he sits uh, sits down beside him and gives him a hug. And Molly comes in and she notices when Alf kind of shrinks away. Yeah. And so she tries to calm down a little bit. Yeah, and then when she pulls out her wand, he really shrinks, and he, she's like, you know, and she realizes kind of what she's done, that yeah. she's pretty much alienated, alienated him. Well, yeah, I mean, I, she can't expect him to be very happy with her when he knows that she tried to take him away from George, you know, and then to smack him about the face and shoulders because she was scared. He he doesn't know what's going on. You can't blame him at all. Mm-hmm. So uh, George explains that she's going to just scan and see what's wrong, like a muggle Z ray. Yeah, says, X-ray, <laughs> right? X-ray. <laughs> Do we get that in canon that healers can can? I don't. They never went. They've never gone. I, I think. I mean, because Madame Pumphrey, she can heal bones. We know that she heals Neville's wrist after he breaks yeah. into flying lessons and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We they don't must have see some it, ways of knowing but, what's wrong. Yeah, we don't know exactly what the spells are or how they show themselves, but I mean, they, they must have they, some sort of diagnostic tools. Mm-hmm. Well, they have a thing that they try to figure out how many people were like in a in a house and stuff like that. And they know how many yeah. people that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there has to be something like that. Yeah. So she asked George how many he felt, and he says three, and she says, yeah, that's what I get too. And did you think to stabilize him with a towel? And he says yes, and he expects her to kind of rag on him. And she's like, excellent thinking. And he's like, uh, who are you and what did you do with my mother? <laughs> Knock him over with a feather, why don't you? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And so, and then, you know, we find out that he's got to take Skelanit, which is a little bit easier than Skelagro, but not, it's a terrible, terrible thing. And so. Mm-hmm. It's like Buckley's. <laughs> yeah. And Alf's like, do I really have to do this? And she says, all right, what's stronger? Two sticks taped together or a tree that's grown back together? And Alf says a tree. And she says, that's what this is going to do for you. And so he says, all right. And, of course, then Ron comes back in and there's no Skelligrow or Skelinit. There's only Skelligrow. Because yeah, damn Madame Pumphrey. Yeah, damn Madame Pumphrey came in and bought the She's been thing. stocking up for the school year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she doesn't have Snape to make her potions for her anymore. She's got to go buy them. She doesn't do them herself? No, Steve yeah, you would think it. being part of, you would think being part of Hailer, you would be able to do some potions there. Yeah, well. just saying. Mm-hmm. You have your hook. They can probably do some of them, but I bet the like ones like dealing with bones and stuff are more complex mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. like the blood replenishing potion or something like that. Yeah. So she can probably do like bruise bombs and topical stuff, but maybe not the other yeah. potions. Mm-hmm. At least in this universe, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> So they give him the Skelligro, and it's just awful. And and Fred is so Fred, man, I'm having a yeah. trouble here. George is so good with him, you know. He he's in so much pain, and and George is like, it's okay, it's okay, you know. You cry all you want to. My my robes are waterproof, and he's like, besides, the first hour's the worst. That's when the pain, and then the pain dulls from scorching tr- torture down to merely excruciating agony. And, you know, oh, it gets a little laugh. wonderful. Yeah. And then it goes downhill to white hot throbbing. And before yeah. you know it, it's just stinging pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's stinging. Then it just throbs. Yeah. Then it just, you know. Yeah. And he finally. And Molly's got him another bowl of ice cream, by the way. Because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> he threw up his last one. So. Yeah. <laughs> jelly this wiggle. one is, uh, yes, jelly worm jiggle. Jelly worm jiggle. Uh, <laughs> And this is what, this is, I guess, what George has in his freezer rather than going to Florian's. Mm-hmm. And so she's wondering, you know, I can't believe you didn't have butter pecan or something like that. And, Hello, I'm George Weasley. Apparently we've never met. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like butter pecan. That's your favorite, not mine. God, this sounds like me and my parents. <laughs> of course, George has the crazy flavor in his freezer. Of course he does. Well, that's. I mean, it's like any like any parent. I mean, my mom thinks I like potato salad. I don't like potato salad. My brother likes potato salad. I like macaroni salad. Uh, and my mom's like uh, always like, I made you potato salad because you like it. I'm like, no, I don't like potato salad. I like macaroni salad. <laughs> or the fact that I don't butter my toast. My parents are like, why don't you? They ask me, like, seriously, every time I have toast, I'm like, if anything changes, I will tell you. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We aren't always good at communicating that sort of thing, though. I remember uh, when we were little, apparently one of my sisters would eat the tops of beets and one would eat the bottom, and they didn't like the other. And then Wait, they switched. Wait, you mean like the leaves and the, and the, mm-hmm. the stuff? One would eat the greens like little, and one would eat the uh, root. And, uh. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't like whatever the other one was. And then some, at some point during our childhood, we switched. And now I, none of us can remember who was what. (laughs) (laughs) Uh So poor Alf falls asleep and then George loses it. He falls to the floor and he starts sobbing and Molly's like, shh. And shh, 
on the text reader is an awful sound. I just have to say. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. And, you know, easy. It's okay. That's a love. And, you know, Molly's, Molly's being different than she's been in a while. And he says, mm-hmm. how do you do it, Mom? How did you ever put all of us back together without this eating you alive? Yeah. And she says, this is Molly as we're used to seeing her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is Vise going, she's going to turn. I know she's going to turn. She's going <laughs> to backhand you sooner or later. Now, come Don't on. trust her. It's like you and Vernon in the Better Man series. No, I know. Oh, it was. I'm still, I'm still waiting for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, she's, that's my, my job, and I'm sorry for not believing you. You are wonderful with him, absolutely wonderful, and he clearly loves you. Mm-hmm. And so and he says he'll love you, too, if you let him see you like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she thinks that he's turned off against her, and that's not what's happened. She's turned off against her by the way that she's acted towards George, and she doesn't mm-hmm. see that. But <sighs> now she's starting to kind of get the, Yeah. So she offers to cook, and she's cleaning things up, and apparently is uh, quite astonished that he's been keeping as tidy a house as he has, Mm -hmm. and actually has food. Yeah. He says, well, if you'd been here a couple of months ago, I wouldn't have had any, but now that Alf's here, I I do eat. And Fleur comes in and says, how is he? I just got word. I'm so sorry. And Molly says, don't worry, dear. I was able to handle it. I, I know you would have done better, but I can do just as well. And she sees the skull in it, skull grow. And, mm-hmm. she, and she's like, George, Molly, tell me you did not give him this. And Molly starts to get mad. What do you, I know I wanted skull in it, of course, but, and she's like, no, he's a squib. Isn't he a squib, George? And George is like, yeah. And Molly and Fleur freak out. And George is like, what? I don't understand. And skull grow is deadly to muggles and squibs. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. So it uses the innate magic of the wizard to work, mm-hmm. which is why we don't have such handy medicines that will just fix our broken bones. <laughs> yeah. Although I believe sooner or later we will probably have, I mean, if we can drive, invent self-driving cars, I'm sure one of these days mm-hmm. <laughs> we will be able to have such things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want a self-driving car. Me too. I, Me too. Then I won't have to it's actually like drive sleep. anywhere. <laughs> I know. Sleep on the way to work. Sleep in the front seat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they run in, and he's deeply asleep, too deeply. But Fleur says, he still breathes. That's good. Normally, it would have killed him immediately. (laughs) Oh, good. And George turns and leaves. You know, he's going to leave. And he says, you didn't kill him, Mom. I did. False pride. Thinking I could solve his problems myself. Never told anyone what I was afraid of. I killed Fred's son. I can see it in your face. He won't be waking up. You're right. I should never have had him. Oh, George. And oh, he's, he, he's in full panic mode. That's he's in it. full panic pity mode. And she stupefies him. <laughs> yeah. I would think it, instead of stupefied, she should have, like, body blind him. Well, that's kind of what has happened. It's, yeah, in the next chapter, yeah. She, mm-hmm. They did that after he was stunned, I guess. Mm-hmm. She calls Ron and, and I think Percy back from the burrow and, and they move him to the couch and they say, sorry, mate, but we can't risk losing you too. And he's in there crying and, you know, the tears are running down his face and he can't wipe them away. And, and he hears Alfred screaming for him. Yeah. Or Uncle George. And then he just kind of lets loose and it's kind of like the um, accidental magic thing. Mm-hmm. And he just breaks free. Yeah, he does. He gets so 
afraid for Alf and he's so, he has to get there and no one's coming to release him. So he just breaks his, his bonds basically. And now I have, I've got to break free stuck in my head. (laughs) (laughs) And he runs in there and Alf's like, you were going to leave me. You were going to leave me. I heard you and I couldn't wake up. And George is like, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I promise. No, you don't want me. I'm a squib. You don't want me. I'm terrible. Nobody no. loves me. Oh, I don't you. want to leave. Don't make Nobody me go Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to eat some worms. Big yep. ones, fat ones, skinny ones, flabby ones. Wiggle, 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 worms. <laughs> Thank you, Trisha. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. It was too. It was just too sad. Mm-hmm. I had to. You had to lighten it up. I did. I appreciate that. When George says, Alfred Weasley, we belong, remember? It's the title of the story here. Yeah. <laughs> We're not splitting up. We're not splitting up. And that's when you put the song in. We belong. What is that song? It's an 80s song. We belong. I don't know. But Damn. We'll have to I don't know. The only it. one I can think of is from Greece, but I don't think that's what you're talking about. I was going to say, yeah, we've got Mooney that's here. She's the one, the one I with want. all this. <laughs> yeah, that's the one from Greece. No, no. It's, a, it's mm-hmm. an 80s song. We belong. To each other, something. Da, 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 da. Right, I'll, I'll Google when I'm editing. I have I'm no sure idea what you're talking about. We'll have or, I'll, or I'll cut the whole thing out. I'm not sure which, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, I'm gonna Google the damn thing and we'll figure it out. <laughs> so you know, he says, "I'm not leaving. I won't leave you. Will you forgive me? You know, I, I'm not gonna leave." And someone needed to do this with Harry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love you. And George says, I love you back, kiddo. And then Molly wants to know (laughs) if George will forgive her for cursing him. And he says, well, yeah. And then he wants her to stay. And she's like, really? And he says, really? And he goes to bed and, you know, lays with Alf. And we change scenes again. And Molly's been making cinnamon rolls. (laughs) Don't eat them. (laughs) Don't eat them. They're going to be poisoned. Yeah. No. And she hasn't made cinnamon rolls in 10 years because they were Fred's favorite, too. Oh, my. Yeah. But mm-hmm. she made two batches. So now they're not only are they going to eat them, they're going to get sick because they have too many. And now I have having I don't an know. They've got moment. some hungry 11-year-olds around, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we find out why Molly has been acting like Molly's been acting. <laughs> she has a story to tell. Mm-hmm. Because... When she was pregnant with them, that's when they found out that Gideon and Fabian had been killed. Mm-hmm. And they're going with the Fanon on this one that they were also twins and kind of pranksters in that sort of, you know, at least troublemakers. Yes. Um, and they were going to possibly name their twins after those two, except that apparently Fabian hated his name. Right. So they were going to be Fred and Gideon. Right. Because Fabian only answered to Fang, and there was no way she was going to name one of her children Fang. So Hagrid <laughs> named his dog that instead. Yes, that was it. Mm-hmm. And then along about her eighth month, the doctor says they're front to back, and I think they might be co-joined. And if that's not the case, then the one is big and the other one is really little, and there's no way the second one's going to survive. And that just rocks Molly and Arthur's world. And they don't tell anybody. They don't tell the kids. They just grieve 
silently and with them, you know, by themselves. Mm-hmm. And then Molly has to go in for surgery and she's actually, she's going in for a C-section, which I just love a wizarding C-section here. Mm-hmm. And she won't let them put her out because if he's still alive when he's born, she wants to hold him. And she can't bear the thought that he would die without ever having his mother hold him. And if she's out, she can't do that. And so mm-hmm. they start the surgery and she's like, I've already had three babies already. And this is only three big deal. Yeah. It seems like there should yeah. have been more. For but, it. Oh, it's a Bill, yeah. Bill, Bill, Charlie, Percy. Bill, Charlie, Percy. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. And so they pull out Fred and, you know, she's been talking to him all along. You know, while they were in her belly, she called him Fred and, and Gideon and she talked to him and even Bill started calling him Fred and Gideon because she wanted Gideon to know that he was loved. And so they take out Fred and he's big and he's, you know, everything's fine and he's not co-joined and the doctor's dealing with that. And the nurse is like, uh, hey, doc, you might want to look at this. And they pull Fred, George, Gideon, they pulled Gideon out. And he's bigger than they thought. And the doctor has made a mistake and he's going to live. Mm-hmm. And at that point they say, ah, we should have known what you guys were going to be like. Cause you pranked <laughs> us when you were being born, but we didn't. <laughs> and basically George is her favorite. He, he anticipates when she's tired and he doesn't demand as much. And he's, he's smaller, but and when they go to name them, he, Arthur starts to say Gideon and she says, no, we gave up on Gideon. He's going to be George. Mm-hmm. And it's, they named him Fred Arthur. So that's not, that's not canon, right? Cause isn't no, it? William Arthur Weasley. So right. Arthur's and, already gone to Bill. And Fred, it's Fred, Gideon and. It's Fred, Gideon and, and George Fabian. Well, yeah. I don't think that's canon. I don't know if that's canon or I, not. I don't think people canon. have done that. Uh, I don't know if we know their middle names from. We don't know anybody but Bill's and Ron's and Molly's, or I mean, um, 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 really, Ginny's. We know Percy's from the trial. Oh yeah, him too. Ignatius. No, it's actually Percy Ignatius. It's not Percival. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That was the surprise from that. Which also confuses me because so Bill is named after his father, right? Charlie, I think. At least in my head, is named after Arthur's father, Septimus, at least in my head. So I would think that Percy would be named after Molly's father. But then when you look at the Black family tree, Ignatius Pruitt and Lucretia Black don't have children. So it would have to be Molly's uncle, Ignatius. Okay. Hmm. (laughs) So I looked it up and then... Oh, no, I don't want a video. Thank you very much. Give me back my page. <laughs> I went to the wiki and everything's gone dark. Yeah, and I'm trying to give me videos. Let's try this again. Yeah, I'm getting that video thing too. I don't know why. It's going to do it again, but let's see if I can do this fast. Um, Fred's getting Fred yeah. Weasley. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't say. Huh, so that must be. I really, really thought that that was um, canon, not fanon. So, color me surprised here. All right, well, let's finish this out, which means I have to get back to the actual story. George says, the doctor was lucky you didn't hex him into next week, but I don't understand how this 
what this is all about, Mom, except for that I can't imagine myself as Gideon. So I'm glad you <laughs> named me George. And so three months later, Molly's in the backyard with the babies in the bassinet, and Charlie and Bill were at day school, and Percy's taking a nap, and she is just spending time with the babies. And she's having a grand old time, and our favorite auntie shows up. Muriel. Muriel. And she's like... Absolutely. Yeah. They're with your changelings, are you, dear? And Molly frowns because Muriel never had children and doesn't seem to like them. And so she's like, they're not changelings. They're perfect. And Muriel says, isn't he supposed to be dead, Molly? And now Molly's annoyed and angry. And, you know, my George is just fine. And Muriel says, you can't cheat death like that. You know it's true. Death will come for the child. And you better hope he spares the oh rest of you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Scary lady. I know. She's she's a witch with a capital woo. And, and okay, she almost, me. she. I mean, she almost takes the the bitch the bitchiness from Molly there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's awful, and you know, she. Mm-hmm. And apparently, uh, no twins in the family. Uh, seven sets of twins in the past four hundred years. None of them have lived to see twenty-one, which is not quite true because Gideon and Fabian did. Yeah. But she, her contention is that they. Uh, both died in the battle because one of them hadn't died earlier or right. something. Yeah. <laughs> and so Molly just stops inviting her places. It, it kind of gnaws at her for a while, but then she's like, ah, eh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And she just stops inviting her over. And then they're uh, in Diagon Alley. And, and, our other and apparently Muriel is friends with Trelawney. Of course she is. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. I guess they were at school together or something. I don't know. No, it would but, have to be like Sybil's grandmother. Something. But actually, before that happens, we have Lily show up. And I love this scene. And I know Trisha's mm-hmm. going to go, ah, puke. But Lily shows up and she's got little brooms for both the boys. And she says... We wanted to do something really nice because Gideon and Fabian were great to us. And so we, we wanted to give the, the boys a gift. And George comes over and pats her belly and says, do you have a baby in here? And she says, yes. And he says, where's his brother? And Lily says, well, he's going to be the oldest. He doesn't have any brothers. And George is like, uh-uh, that's not going to work. And so he calls Fred over and they vow to be Harry's older brothers. Aww. Okay, that's just sweet. It is. It's sweet. Yeah. I I mean, it is almost. It's 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 not pukiness. It's not overly sweet, but that was, that's just that's a child sweet. So that's okay. There's no puke. <laughs> oh, good. Although George thinks so. He says that's so sweet. It's disgusting, Bob. <laughs> 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 it's adorable. She says. Yeah, it is. That's what it is. That's adorable. Is it? Mm-hmm canon that Molly and Lily really knew each other? Because I got the feeling they didn't really because Molly wasn't too involved in the First Order. I don't think they I ever don't really think we really know what their uh, yeah. relationship was. I, I think we know they were both in the Order, other. but that's about all we know. Mm-hmm. And so... So it could go either way. And then he's like, and George is still like, I still don't understand what this is all about. And so now they're in Diagon Alley, and here comes Trelawney, and she says, oh, look, doppelgangers! And Molly's like, who are you? And then she calls him changelings. And and Trelawney's just like, oh, you know, twins. Twins are bad. Which one's the evil one? 
And which one's going to die? Which one do you love the least? Because that one's the one that's going to I just never, I mean, I've never heard of any, I mean, yeah, everybody's heard of the good twin and the bad twin and stuff like that. But I've never heard of one dying all the time. Well, apparently it only happens. Sybil likes to have people dying, apparently. She's she's starting on it early. She hasn't even got to Hogwarts yet, and she's already predicting deaths. Trisha, go watch the musical Blood Brothers. Okay. This is so good. No, well, no, it's not, but it's it's fantastic. I, oh my goodness, it was. I got to go see it when I was in the in, in London. It was. Oh. Oh, are you telling Trisha she's got to go to London to see it? Yeah. Okay. She she's up for that because she enjoyed London. I if I recall. So basically, Molly has decided to stop loving George because George is her favorite, and she feels that if she doesn't do this, then Fred's going to die. And I'm confused. So am I, did I have that right? I didn't get to this point in my, that, that part just didn't make sense to me. No, so, it's the, it's the uh, one, the one With- she loves the most is the one that's going to suffer. Okay. Apparently. So she's so. decided that she's going to stop loving George and pretend like she loves Fred more so that Fred's the one because she can't bear to lose George because he's the special one. That's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Molly, that's horrible. And Trelawney's parting lines like, you know, the you-know-who is going to fall tonight if that happens. I mean, this lady's a fraud. And then you-know-who dies that night. And now Molly's like, oh, crap, she might be for real. I've got to do something. Wait, you-know-who can't fall that night. Lily's still pregnant with Harry. No, this is a while later. Oh. Mm-hmm. These, yeah. these are several different flashbacks yeah, these during flashbacks. the course of the story. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, this is a year later. It says she was uh-huh, uh-huh, going uh-huh. into Diagon Alley again. Mm-hmm. And okay. Yeah, she she has her talk about the twins and everything and then goes into her little trance about one will not live to see 21 as sure as the Dark Lord falls tonight. And then Voldemort falls, so she's like, oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. So then Molly feels like she killed Fred <laughs> because in her zest to not favor George, she, she ended up favoring Fred. Yeah. Head desk, head desk, head desk. Yeah. yeah. It, you know what? It's a six, one half dozen or the other. No matter. She's damned if she does. She's damned if she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And George says, okay, first off. You didn't really love any of us less. You still loved all of us, even if you acted like it was different. Or like when Percy was gone, you acted like it didn't matter to you, when obviously it did. Mm-hmm. And Trelawney got two, maybe three predictions right out of a thousand. And I noticed that the whole trance thing happened at this point. So that's what she was predicting, not having anything to do with the rest of the conversation. Right. And Molly's like, oh. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. But but Fred's dead and she predicted it. And like, no, that is not it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and she, she says, went, how can you ever forgive me? And he says, you're my mother. And now that I know you really love me, that's enough. Yeah. Then why did she say like three chapters ago that she never loved him? Well, because that's how she, that she was still in that denial mode. <coughs> she had gotten so overboard. With the fact that she couldn't love him because he would be the one that died, that she pushed him away, and she... it's called it's called you, you you tell a lie so much that you believe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And that's so we where have, we're ending this time mm-hmm. around. We've cleared up the mystery of Molly. We have. Next, we'll have to see what happens with um, Draco and Alf and all the rest of them. And some fireworks. There's yeah. some fireworks. Just there, there will uh, be some fireworks. You know. Yes, there will be. <laughs> Just a few. In more ways than one. For me. So, Mooney, what we've decided to do is uh-huh. add the second story, the one where they're in America. Oh yeah. To the end of this, and add in probably three more podcasts. I'll have to look at it before okay. we go on to the other ones. All we right. won't do the really long. 40 some odd chapter one, but we will add because this kind of ends in a weird spot. And then the second one, I I really like the second one where where they're in America. So yeah, yeah, I like it too. too. (laughs) It's our podcast. We can put on what we want, (laughs) whatever we want. Yes. So critical hit can have seasons that last for two years. I mean, whatever. Yeah, Really? (laughs) And, And do what they did. Oh, man, I can't wait to hear what they're going to do. They said they're mm. already... We're going off topic here, guys. They said that they're already recording the new ones. But it's oh, going to well. be very interesting to see what happens because... Well, I can say this because nobody else knows what we're talking about, and this won't come out for a year. Because Tork <laughs> is gone! <laughs> mm. I Maybe. Tork. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Critical There's a podcast yourself. Sue and I listen to called Critical, Critical Hit. Hit. Which is Dungeons and Dragons um, podcast, and it's amazing. Four guys and a girl sitting around a table, or in the case of two of them over Skype connections, playing a Dungeons and Dragons game. And Uh. it's quite interesting. It starts off with the the first one, episode one of 200 and however many they have now, um, is the guy who's never played Dungeons and Dragons in his life, uh, setting up his character. And then we sort of follow them through the various seasons as they get better and mm-hmm. learn all these various things. They are now level 15 characters where they started out at level one. And, you know, yeah, and it's and fun. It's really a fun podcast. And my favorite part in the last one was the, the dungeon master was like, all right, guys, you've already spent 45 minutes longer on this than I thought we were going to go. And they're like, but Rodrigo, it's us. And I'm totally like, they're like us in the orders. It's <laughs> I know. <laughs> so if yeah. you are planning things for a time do not do that no don't do that <laughs> Just, uh, times by three at least and that's how long your players are going to take <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, it was great role playing because you could just, I mean, they were, they were getting mad at each other and they, it, it was really well done and it was fun. So yeah, if you want something to listen to and it'll take you a while to catch up, but start at the beginning and go through them. They're really, really well done and they're fun. And you can skip the mailbags if you want. Mm-hmm. So, but anyhow. I love yeah. this. Or you could start at like season two if you wanted, because they had the first season was relatively self-contained, but mm-hmm. it does introduce you to most of the characters. That's true. Yeah. yeah, it's they're they're fun. They're neat. They're neat people, and they're fun to listen to. So just like us, just like us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yes, this was a fun. Well, not really fun not group of really chapters fun as group such. Of chapters, but, no. But no, we had a still lot a of information story. thrown at us. Mm-hmm. We we and, find and out, and it's really hard to actually stop, uh, mm-hmm. which is why we decided to stop it here because at least there's sort of a stopping point. Uh, <laughs> but uh, as I mentioned to the um, 
people in the chat, I think, or I might have said to you guys earlier, I was starting to read from chapter 13 earlier today because that's where I last left off. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, wait a second, we're starting from chapter 6 this time. Yeah. <laughs> 7, I guess. We gotta, ended on 6. Gotta go but, back a bit. Mm-hmm. I just, I love this premise. I love yeah, I like yeah, I like the premise. I love seeing George not just as the big old goofball, but as mm-hmm. an adult. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a nice, it's refreshing. I like that. Right. Still hate Molly. I love Ron. <laughs> I Ron do too. Ron is this great character in this story. He's you know he, George doesn't realize until he's talking about it all these times that Ron kind of saved him from Molly without George ever realizing, and and George is taking a minute and going, wow. You know, he really if is. If I'd a good known, brother. we wouldn't have picked on him so much. Yeah, and, but then, but so you know, Ron's able to do that with George, mm-hmm. yet he can't deal with Hermione and he's mean to her all the time. I don't get it. It's because girls he likes are weird. Her. Girl, yeah, yeah but uh, my oh, grandfather yeah, but. threw rocks at my grandmother. That's how he got her attention, and they were married <laughs> for fifty years. Oh wow! <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that was it. That's the first time they met. He threw rocks at her. He liked her, and that's how he got her attention. He threw rocks. Mm-hmm. Girls, it's true. The, the first it was memory the other way around. Um, my mom has of my dad, at least as particularly paying attention to him, was that he was roughhousing with his friend next to her, and they all fell off of the hay bales they were sitting on on top of her. <laughs> Oops. Uh, and his friend Roland was a rather large man, but. Uh, Oh, well. Yeah, well. Mom got squished. <laughs> so, yeah, I love, I like Ron. I love the premise. Yeah, Molly has her issues, but I it comes together and you can forgive her just like George does. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> Run out of cough drop. You can really see the slither puff in uh, Trisha here. And, you know, mm. uh, Mooney's a slithering through and through, so... <laughs> We're a little more forgiving than you two. We are yeah, bit. probably. I wonder what Gryffindors would think. Go, Molly! <laughs> so, but I do, I love seeing George as a father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's really fun to see. And he really is good with this child, partly because he's still a child himself, and partly because he is smart enough to recognize, okay, when this happened to me, I didn't like it, so I'm going to make sure I don't do it to him. Mm-hmm. And so, so most people think when they become parents, but... Uh, well, yeah, they don't oh, always Oh, then you find it. out that you turn into your mother or your yeah. father or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You turn into whoever who is raising you. <laughs> You're like, shit. Yes. Well, George <laughs> is doing his best to turn into Arthur instead of Molly, basically. Yes, <laughs> yes he is. And, mm-hmm. you know... And we've come through this harrowing experience. Who thought Skelligro could cause so much trouble? Oh, my. And, mm-hmm. you know, just, and to be a squib. And, and we're going to find out in the next chapters what exactly has happened that makes him a squib because, you know. Because mm-hmm. there's something a little odd with Alfred because he's obviously not uh, the kind of squib they've encountered before. He would be dead. Right. But he hasn't been using magic at all, and he doesn't seem to remember doing accidental magic, so something's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And something's not kosher. We have this life debt now from Draco Malfoy that needs to be 
figured out. So tune in next time to find out the answers to all of these questions. And we hope that you are enjoying this as much as we are because it really is a fun story. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Even if Molly makes you mad. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you have to I, applaud the author for that because the oh, author yeah, is writing she, in such a way that you are really mad at, George, <laughs> at Molly and you're really just tickled with George. And there's oh, a yeah. lot of feels. There's a lot of feels in this story and the yes, author does yes, a great job are. making yeah, it, sure it, you it, feel it, them. And I applaud the author. I mean, mm-hmm. Yes, MJ is doing a really good job with these stories. Or has done, I guess. They were written in 2008 or whatever it is. Yeah, because, I mean, there's not that many stories where it, that I have had, like, I mean, even just regular, I mean, like books, true book books, not fan fiction, where, I mean, there has not been, like, there's only a couple of books where I have hated or really fell in love with characters. I mean, yeah, the Harry Potter books, but... I mean, at least hatred-wise. I mean, I can only think of two books where I can't. I hated the I hated the characters so bad. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was the Gone Girl. And God, I love and, that book. I hate that book so damn bad. Oh, you, you, you and my grandmother would get along. <laughs> I hated those people. I want. I wanted to hurt them. And I'm like, at the end, I'm like, they freaking have to deserve each other because they're so stupid. Mom went and saw the movie. I got I got the biggest old kick out of Jennifer Gardner, though. Was the movie on, good? On Ellen. Close your ears, Scott. So Jennifer Gardner was on Ellen the other day, and Ellen said, So, I understand your husband's in this new movie, and we get to see a lot of him. And Jennifer's like, Yes, you get to see his penis. And I just have to say, ladies, you're welcome. <laughs> She was absolutely hysterical in this interview. She uh, go Google Ellen and and uh, her conversation because it is really quite fun. They changed so, the ending, didn't they? I don't know because I haven't read the book and I haven't seen the movie. I, I read the book. I do not even want to see the movie. I don't care. I hate that book so bad. I loved it. <laughs> we should get the two of you on a puffer exchange about this. Really. <laughs> Well, she's such a diabolical Slytherin. It was amazing. Oh, she was. I mean, she was awesome, and it was great. But I hate them. I hate him, and I hate her. Because there's have you just... read her other stuff? Because I don't think it was Gone Girl, but one of her other books. The... I can't. I can't. I think since I just read Gone Girl, I won't read it, any of her other okay. stuff again. Um, I'm just I forget... so pissed off about it. And <laughs> I forget it's, it's whether like it was Kite Runner. I hated Kite Runner too oh, because God. I hated. The, I didn't like. I that. hated that person. But one of one of their other books, Jillian Flynn's author's note, dedication thingy, is to her husband and says something along the lines of, I don't know how you can sleep next to me at night. Oh, great. That's kind of scary. Well, her other books are kind of scary, too. Um, they're, they're very dark and psychological. and Which explains why you like them. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. The darkest and scariest I get is Dean Coons. Was he the one who wrote Odd Thomas, or was yes. that some? Oh, I love those. I only read the one though. There are more of them. Oh yeah, there's a bunch. He's doing the last one right now. There's oh, I need to go find the rest of them. There's a short story that I have just on the in audio, and then there's there's Odd Thomas. There's yeah, I think he's writing the fifth one right now. Okay, and they're really good. The last one, the last one was kind of vampire. <laughs> 
werewolfy, more werewolfy, I guess, than vampire. Okay. I don't know. It was very weird. Okay. Weirder than usual. But the first <laughs> three are really good. Okay. And he, and he's working on the last one right now. Uh, so. Okay. There you go. And we are, oh, once again, way off topic. So let's say goodnight so Trisha can go to bed. And I got to go find my dog. And me needs to go to bed. So. Mm-hmm. Anybody else well, has yes. anything they burningly have to say about this story? No, but are we podcasting next week? Yes. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're available. That's the plan. I will I sit my GREs on Monday, so we'll see how coherent I am when I'm That's done. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're, ha- can- we're having good uh, track record landing on interesting days for you. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I know. Ugh. Interesting stuff. Yes. So. Well, this was sort of a, a mid section obviously so we can't really wrap much up but uh, mm-hmm. we did figure out the mystery of molly and hopefully you will join us next week and figure out some of the other mysteries yes with that i guess we will say wrap up this episode of Potterpick weekly and i have been scott i have been sue oh i've been trisha and i'm money <laughs> good night everybody good night night <laughs> just thought i'd throw that bit in there a little bit for bob So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.